Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Friday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I am your host, Literally Heather. So I love sports. I have my entire life. I grew up in Indiana, the Hoosier State. We come out of our mother's wombs holding basketballs in our hands with candy-striped onesies as our first outfits. My dad used to take me to hockey games all the time. He was my golf coach. My little brother played center on the football team of my alma mater. Going back to watch him play was one of the proudest things that I've ever had the joy of experiencing. Somewhere, somehow though, Sports became less about sports and more about feelings. Radio shows, ESPN, all the places that you would consume great sports content was mired with garbage that was completely irrelevant to what you wanted to know. Who won? What was the score? Did anything really cool happen? What are your predictions for the player or those teams? If I want recipes, I'll watch the Food Network. If I want music, I'll watch MTV. Just kidding. They haven't played music in decades. If I want politics, I'll watch C-SPAN. Somewhere, those worlds collided, and politics are allowed, but it has to be the right words and the right politics. Otherwise, it's strictly prohibited, and you will be severely punished. Your career will be ruined if you don't vomit the pre-approved narratives that we supply for you. North Carolina State Radio play-by-play announcer Gary Hahn, who initially was suspended indefinitely after making an on-air comment about illegal aliens on Friday during Duke's Mayo Bowl Pro broadcast, is going to be reinstated on January 14th. He was suspended by Learfield Communications, which is the NCSU rights holder, after the Wolfpack's December 30th bowl game against Maryland and Charlotte. While giving an update on the Sun Bowl being played in El Paso, Texas, Han noted the game was being played down among all the illegal aliens in El Paso. After that bowl game, Kyle Winchester, the general manager of Wolfpack Sports Properties, released a statement saying that Han was being suspended indefinitely by Learfield, Han's employer. Um, Tammy Purvis, the vice president of communications for Learfield, released a statement to the News and Observer late Tuesday that he would be reinstated on uh, January 14th. Um, Han has been, uh, he was North Carolina Sportscaster of the Year in 2011 and 2020. Um, He's been the voice of North Carolina State football and men's basketball since 1991. I'm glad they decided to reinstate him, but he should never have been suspended in the first place. And I'm going to throw a quick shameless plug in here really fast. If you want legit sports talk without the woke drama and bullshit, please check out my friends Eric, John, Chris, and Coach over at PatriotSportsNow.com. They have all their network podcasts available on their site, Patriot Sports Radio, Plus Money Golf, Super Football Podcast, I don't even know if I say that right, uh, The Fan Bus. They do multiple live shows every week. They have great articles to devour, um, forums to chat on. Maybe Gary Hahn should go work for them or with them. Um, 
Renee Salinas Ramos is the name of a cisgender man in Ecuador who legally changed his gender to female in an attempt to gain custody of his two daughters. His reason for doing so? Ecuadorian law favors mothers in custody battles. Um, LGBTQ groups are concerned about the man's use of a law designed to promote transgender rights and what effect it could have in the future. Ramos told local media that the change was not related to his sexuality or identity, but rather the Ecuadorian legal system giving preferential treatment to mothers over fathers when it comes to the custody of children. The law says that the one who has the right is the woman, so as of this moment, I am a female. Now I'm also a mom. That's how I consider myself, Ramos said. I'm very sure of my sexuality. What I have sought is that I want to be a mother so that I can also give the love and protection of a mother. He has alleged that his daughters live in an abusive environment with their mother and that he hasn't seen his children in over five months. He said, being a father in this country, Ecuador, is punished and I'm only seen as a provider. Uh, The man's legal change from male to female has surprised and concerned LGBTQ activists who have fought really hard to have Ecuadorian laws changed to allow the change of gender. This man's private matter to obtain custody of his daughters isn't the spirit of the law, Diane Rodriguez, one of Ecuador's most prominent trans activists, told uh, Vice News, who actually did this article. Rodriguez, who became Ecuador's first trans assembly person from 2018 to 2021, also helped spearhead the 2015 law that Mr. Ramos is taking advantage of. She said that with her understanding of the law, a judge would certainly not give custody because of a a change of gender. It doesn't make sense that you would have changed your gender in the identity document without actually being a trans person, only with the objective of taking advantage to obtain custody. The concept seems so outlandish at first that Rodriguez thought that when she saw it in the press, she thought it was fake news. After realizing the man had in fact legally changed his gender, the Ecuadorian Federation of Organizations, LGBTI, released a statement announcing the change on Tuesday. We are afraid that in the assembly, things will go backwards and they will start legislating against us, she said. Rodriguez explained that the 2015 law created an unintended consequence, as most laws usually do, because while it allowed people to legally change their gender on Ecuadorian documents, didn't allow them to change their sex on government-issued documents that are recognized globally, such as passports. This, in effect, meant that trans people needed to have two different legal documents, one that defined their preferred gender identity and one that defined their sex by birth. In May, trans activists reached a major milestone when the Assembly ratified a previous 2018 legal decision that allowed a trans man to legally change his sex. That ratification created a legal precedent where the Assembly had nine months to legislate and potentially approve a law that would allow the change of a person's sex. So what's happening at this moment 
with Salinas Ramos could cause a change of criteria of some assembly members for the change of sex in the identity card of trans people. They now only have one month to process this law. That's our current fear. Seemingly expecting the backlash, Ramos said his decision's not against a person, it's not to harm anyone, but rather to fight against the system that has stigmatized the fact that being born a man means he doesn't have the same advantages for his children. Rodriguez doubted the man's legal change to female would help him beyond adding publicity to his case. The law doesn't say anything about the best interest of children, she said. I understand that in his situation, in desperation, he chose to change the gender on the identity document, but it won't have any effect. Now, I realize this is Ecuadorian law, but can you honestly say that men around the world are treated fairly when it comes to the custody of their children? I mean, let's be really honest here for a second. Women have the ability to murder a man's child whether he wants her to or not, and she can force him to financially provide for a child whether he wants to or not. A man whose sperm is 100% required to create that child does not get equal treatment under the eyes of the law, and I can see where, out of desperation, men who want to be present in their children's lives will take extreme advantages to do so. Okay, if you want to see me slide into a tinfoil hat and spend the rest of my life in a Faraday cage, let me share this next story with you. The world's first vaccine for honeybees has been approved for use by the U.S. government, quote, raising hopes of a new weapon against diseases that routinely ravage colonies that are relied upon for food pollination. So you're telling me the same people who want us to live in the pod, eat the bugs, and own nothing and be happy about it is going to save the honeybees that are the literal lifeblood of the world. Well, step right up, my friend, because I have a few bridges to sell you, and they are a steal. Wink, wink. Our vaccine is a breakthrough in protecting honeybees, said Annette Kleiser, who is the chief executive of Delon Animal Health. We are ready to change how we care for insects impacting food production on a global scale. The vaccine, which will initially be available to commercial beekeepers, aims to curb foul brood, which is a serious disease caused by the bacterium Penicillus larva that can weaken and kill hives. There's currently no cure for the disease which in parts of the United States have been found in a quarter of hives, requiring beekeepers to destroy and burn any infected colonies and administer antibiotics to prevent further spread. The vaccine works by incorporating some of the bacteria into the royal jelly fed by the worker bees to the queen, which then ingests it and gains some of the vaccine in the ovaries. The developing bee larvae then have immunity to foul brood as they hatch. With studies by DeLon suggesting this will reduce death rates from the disease. In a perfect scenario, the queens could be fed a cocktail with queen candy, the soft pasty sugar that queen bees eat while in transit. Queen breeders could advertise fully vaccinated queens. 
I am definitely going to keep an eye on this. I don't know how much long-term research has been done on this, but I it worries me when you are starting to scientifically play with what is 100% the the food lifeblood of the world. I don't know. The US and Germany will send infantry fighting vehicles to Ukraine. The two countries announced yesterday. Decisions that could pave the way for the West to give Ukraine what it really wants, Western tanks. The White House announced that it plans to send Ukraine the Bradley Fighting Vehicle, a tracked armored combat vehicle that carries an autocannon and a machine gun. Germany, meanwhile, will provide its Martyr Infantry Fighting Vehicle. And those announcements come a day after France said it's going to send its AMX 10 RC, which is an armored fighting vehicle. It's really mobile, wheeled system built around a powerful turret mounted GIAT 105 millimeter gun. The move to send modern infantry fighting vehicles to Ukraine could pave the way to supplying the more powerful Western tanks, something that the United States and European allies have so far been reluctant to do. Those could include Germany's Leopard tanks or even the United States M1 Abrams. Indeed, while Zelensky on Wednesday thanked France for the AMX-10, he urged other allies to provide tanks and other heavy weapons. Quote, There's no rational reason why Ukraine has not yet been supplied with Western tanks, he said. I, I, love, I love the demand. The 50 Bradleys are part of an overall aid package to be announced today worth $3.8 billion. The package sets aside $2.25 billion for Ukraine, which will include uh, 155 artillery shells and another $682 million, $682 million in military financing that will go to Eastern European countries to allow them to buy American weaponry and military equipment. So we're giving them money to buy our equipment from us. <laughs> Ukraine will also receive $225 million in military financing. The Pentagon last month announced an expansion of its training program for Ukrainian forces at a U.S. base in Germany, both in size and scope. The new program will expand to training the battalion uh, a battalion worth roughly 500 soldiers a month. And it will also include instruction on how to coordinate infantry maneuvering with artillery support called Combined Arms Operations. Retired Lieutenant General Ben Hodges, a former commander of the United States Army Europe, said, Our M1s would be a logistics burden that we would not want to put on Ukraine until they were confident, they and we, we're confident that they were ready. However, the training and logistics challenge is a solvable problem. If the U.S. begins instructing Ukrainian forces on the systems right now, let Ukraine pick 100 tankers that are experienced tank mechanics, send them to wherever the U.S. has Abram tanks in Poland, or send them back to Fort Benning in Georgia, where the armor school is. Let them start learning now. Yeah, I mean... Just let them have the run of the U.S. military. Take our troops. Take our training. Y'all just have our national defense weaponry. 
drain our resources. Here's more money. We don't need that. We are the United States of Ukraine. Slava Ukraina. The FTC on Thursday proposed a rule that would prohibit employers from requiring workers to sign non-compete clauses that restrict them from working for competitors or starting new businesses that offer similar services for a period of time. The FTC's announcement slammed non-compete clauses as a widespread and often exploitive practice that suppresses wages, hampers innovation, and blocks entrepreneurs from starting new businesses. The agency estimated that once the new rule is implemented, it could allow wages to rise by nearly $300 billion a year and broaden career opportunities for roughly 30 million Americans. These numbers, I just really, it's like they just pull them out of the air and throw them out there. Quote, the freedom to change jobs is core to economic liberty and to a competitive, thriving economy. Uh, that's by FTC Chair Lena M. Kahn. Non-competes block workers from freely switching jobs, depriving them of higher wages and better working conditions, and depriving businesses of a talent pool that they need to build and expand. By ending this practice, the FTC's proposed rule would promote a greater dynamism, innovation, and healthy competition. Non-compete clauses have applied to a relatively large segment of the American workforce. A 2021 study published in the Journal of Law and Economics found that about 18% of workers are bound by non-competes, while 38% have been subject to at least one non-compete clause previously in their careers. The study found that only 10% of employees negotiate with employers over a non-compete agreement, which can present an opportunity to potentially secure more favorable employment terms. About non-competes and one-third of workers are presented with their non-compete only after having already accepted their job offer. The FTC issued a preliminary finding that non-competes, quote, constitute an unfair method of competition and violate Section 5 of the Federal Trade Commission Act as the authority for this proposed rulemaking. Under the proposed rule, the FTC would make it illegal for an employer to A. Enter into or attempt to enter into a non-compete with a worker, B. Maintain a non-compete with a worker, or C. Represent to a worker under certain circumstances that they are subjected to a non-compete. The proposed rule would cover independent contractors, Anyone who does paid or unpaid work for an employer, existing non-competes would be invalidated. Employers would be required to rescind them and notify workers previously subject to such clauses that they're no longer in effect. The FTC's proposed non-compete ban wouldn't apply to other types of employment restrictions that companies commonly require workers to comply with, such as a non-disclosure agreement to protect intellectual property or other confidential information. However, the FTC's announcement noted that those types of restrictions could be subject to the rule if they are so broad in scope that they function as non-competes. Following the announcement of the proposed rule, the FTC will hold a requisite 60-day public comment period after the rule is published in the Federal Register before commissioners vote to approve the final rule which may be a revised version of the proposed rule. 
I actually have a lot of opinions on this, and I will discuss it this evening on Liberty Happy Hour at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitter Spaces. Feel free to come join us there. Otherwise, I will see you Monday of next week. You guys take care and have a great weekend. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shouseinthehouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.